Welcome to the Learn Fresh podcast. My name is Nick Monzi, CEO and co-founder of Learn Fresh, and I'm joined by my co-host Calvin Seibert, our Chief Mission Officer, aka Coach Calvin, aka Smooth Junior, aka the Game Changer of Education. Changing the game. If you listen to any of season one, you know that on this podcast, we talk about the intersection between education and community. How does the broader community provide value to the education sector, our schools, and out-of-school time programs, and what can education do to prepare students for the broader world? Kayla Alexander is an activist, author, and professional basketball player who played seven seasons in the WNBA. A graduate of Syracuse University, Kayla was a member of the Canadian women's national basketball team that competed in the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. She is also a Learn Fresh board member. To this role, she brings a lifelong passion for education and youth development. Kayla currently plays in the Women's Basketball League of France, but we spoke to her back in May 2022 when she was playing for Dynamo NR of the Russian Professional Basketball League. We're excited to have you here today to talk a little bit about your life and how education and sports and basketball have all converged to kind of build who you are as a person. And we're so thankful, Kayla, to have you on our governing board now. Um, your passion for education is uh, something that makes your membership extra special, aside from the fact that you are a pro basketball player. Um, so I'd love to start by just going kind of back to the beginning of your life. Uh, one of the things that I think is really unique about you as an athlete is that you graduated with a degree in education and you had real aspirations to teach in the classroom. Uh, can you take us back to your childhood and just describe some of the early influences that inspired you to pursue a career in education? Okay, so I'm the eldest of three. Um, and growing up, I just always loved uh, teaching and helping other people and helping my um, siblings. And then in grade one and grade two, I had the best teacher. Her name was Madame Cassette. And she's honestly the reason that I want to be a teacher. I told myself I want to be just like her. She was incredible. We were in a French immersion program at the time, so she was French. And she was just so patient and kind. She never raised her voice at us. Whenever she wanted our attention as a class, we were working, she would start playing her recorder. And that was like our cue to like stop. Um, for our birthdays, she would always make us balloon animals and I wanted to learn. So she took the time to actually teach me how to make those so I can make it for like my friends. Um, and then as a kid, and even now, I was always very creative. I love art and drawing. And she recognized that early on and actually inspired me and encouraged me to do more of that um, and to help out with, with like classroom decorations and things like that um, and do it or to be more creative with my um, assignments. So. Yeah, she was an incredible human being. And I was like, I want to be just like you when I grew up. So in the second grade, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher and the rest has been history. I decided that I want to get my degree in education. Um, never looked back, I got my degree in education at Syracuse University. And I always told myself I wanted to teach. If I'm being honest, basketball has spoiled me a little bit in the sense that I like this life, being able to play a sport that I love, travel the world. Um, I'm not specifically in one space or one place all the time. But at the same time, I do love working with kids still like that. That love has not gone away. Um, and as a result of that, I'm, I was so thankful that I was able to get um, connected with you guys at Learn Fresh and to be part of um, Math Hoops. And then also um, part time, too, on the side, I also mentor young girls um, ages 11 to 17 through this program called MBYMP. So even though I'm not technically in like, the classroom or like I haven't been able to use my degree in the literal sense, I still get to use it in different cases, which I'm thankful for. 
That's amazing. And the fact that you had that passion from the time that you were in second grade and if you've stuck with it all this time is remarkable. I don't know if I know anyone who's like that. Um, aside from basketball, did that ever waver for you? The wanting to teach? Yeah. No, no, I, I just, I don't know why. I just had this love for kids, love for um, children. Um, it's kind of mixed now, like, cause with basketball, I like working with kids and teaching them the sport, but also, so there's, for me, there's layers to it. Like basketball has taught me and given me so much. It gave me a free education. It gave me the opportunity to travel the world. Um, gave me so many friends, taught me so much about myself and life in general um, that I want to use the sport to teach kids like life skills through sports. And that's also why I was so excited about what Learn Fresh was doing too, because you guys take it bigger than just basketball and you, you combine the two, which I love. Awesome. Yeah, that teacher, I think it speaks to the power of teachers, but that teacher must have been incredible because that's a that's quite the influence on you. Um, when you were in college, you were pursuing your education degree and, and that track, and then also you know living the experience of being a D one athlete for a highly competitive women's basketball program. What was that experience like, and how did those two things connect or inform each other? Is there any way in which your education degree supported your experience as an athlete, or vice versa? Uh, yes and no. Um, when you were t asking me this question, the first thing that stuck out to me was how sleep deprived I was my senior year <laughs> of college because um, we had basketball. I had that was when I was student teaching, so I had to be at the school at like seven in the morning. And then also too for our, our practices, we used to practice from like twelve to three, right in the middle of the day uh, for. Uh, Syracuse. And then because I was at school all day, we changed our practices from seven to 10 at night. So wow. I, it was like, I barely slept that year, that year or that semester. Um, but to go back to your original question, um, I say yes, because um, it taught me a lot about discipline, um, interacting with people, um, how to like organize lesson planning, um, time management. Like it, it taught, again, going back to like those life skills, I would really, I really had to hone in on those. Um, so that was definitely a challenging, that, that semester was so challenging, but I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for it. So you were student teaching. Yeah. Is that right? You were student teaching during your senior season. Like wow. making the lessons, grading assignments, <laughs> putting to, yes. <laughs> All you, of that. And taking classes and practicing and playing games. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever decided to go back to the classroom, you would be so well equipped for that experience. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. All right, I'm gonna take over here. So um, just when you were talking about the lesson plans and and the, the time management, you took me back into my space real quick. Um, I'm a retired teacher, 20 years uh, in Detroit. So I'm actually kind of glad that, that time is over for me. You know, the kids are ready for you in the morning, no matter what happened last night, no matter what you were going through, those kids are all looking at you and you are their superhero. So uh, snap out of it and get to, <laughs> get to the lesson. Facts. <laughs> and that's something that they don't teach you in college. That's something that when you get into the moment, you realize, hey, they don't care if you had a, a long night <laughs> and uh, they expect you to, to bring your A game no matter what. So... Uh, shout out. Can I ask uh, what what uh, level were you teaching or what, what grades? So um, I I taught K through eight um, all subjects, but when I when I started substitute teaching, uh, I stayed in the high school space. It was <laughs> I noticed it was a little bit too much work in the elementary space um, being a substitute teacher. 
Uh, and I was just like, uh, I don't know. I think it might be a little bit easier to just kind of hold down my classroom um, in, the, in the high school space, make sure that, you know, no one was hurting anyone, make sure that I pass out the work and that, you know, that the kids are um, are, are staying safe and, and learning for that day. A lot of the times those, those days turned into um, mentoring days because they would always ask me, what is college like? And what was your life like? And next thing you know, it's a story about my life. And I'm like, hold on, did you finish your assignment? <laughs> so that that kind of let me know that the education space was for me because I actually started subbing first. And then I realized like this, that's it. Yeah. So, um, but the smaller ones definitely were, <laughs> were, were more of what I wanted. Yeah, because uh. those kids in high school, they were taller than me. Uh, they had beards before me. <laughs> Mustache. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? These kids look grown. So um, I, I made sure to stay in the elementary space. <laughs> yep. So um, going, back, going back now, uh, while, while you've been pursuing a career as a pro athlete, uh, you've also been staying active in education. What inspired you to write your children's book, The Magic of Basketball? Honestly, it just goes back to it being bigger than sports. Again, like the sport has taught me so much and has given me so much. And I truly think I am the woman I am today because of basketball and all the experiences I had. Um, also, going back to working with kids, I wanted to do something that I could uh, give to kids, I could teach them in a fun and creative way about the magic, as I call it, or the magical gifts of basketball. And then again, my passion, or my, one of my other loves, aside from ball and working with kids, is art. I love to draw. So when I thought about how I could combine all of these different things, a children's book seemed like the obvious uh, idea or the obvious answer. So um, I went to work. I was started by journaling. Um, all my different ideas that I wanted to put down on paper that I wanted to get across to the kids that would read the pages. Um, and then I started working on it while I was playing uh, professionally. First, I started working on it during the summer while I was in the W journaling. And then when I was overseas in Australia, that's when I really started honing down on it, getting the, um, the illustrations done. So like after practices in my free time or on the road, even like I, my teammates will tell you, like I would be on like the plane with my iPad, just drawing the pages for the... Um, the children's book, but it was something that I know I was really passionate about and I wanted to put out there. And if I'm being honest too, it was something that I kind of put off for a while because of fear. I was worried or wondering like, okay, what if it's not good enough? What if, um, just, I had all these, you know, in your head, you, you always make things worse than it actually is. And I always, one thing that I always preach to young kids, I'm like, don't be afraid to make mistakes and just don't be afraid to start. And I was like, okay, Kayla, take your own advice. Just put it out there and see what happens. Um, so I finally did it, got help with my sister because she's excellent when it comes to words. Um, she edited it, helped me put the book together, and then we published it. And we got a lot of uh, great reviews and feedback from it. But I'm really thankful and happy that we did it. It's something I'm very proud of. Wow, that's hats off to you <laughs> for that. That's uh, Thank you. That's super special. Um, it's as deep that you said that the fear sometimes will try to stop you from something super special, but once you knock that fear on out, look, <laughs> the shine happens in that moment. So I'm super thankful that you, that you were able to, to knock that shot down. <laughs> and I always have to learn too, because it's, it's like with basketball, you can try something, you might not get it the first time, that's okay, it's not necessarily a failure, it's okay, how can you learn from this and make progress the next time? So 
I think once you change your perspective to from that fear or failure into the tough, how can we make this like a learning experience to grow from this? It helps too. But I know that it's easier said than done because living proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So do you have uh, plans for any other books or, or related projects in the future? Yes. So we also uh, published another book, me and 10 other women, Canadian women in sport, um, published this book called Women for the Win. Um, I'm pretty sure that's available on Amazon as well, where we just share our life experiences through sport and what we've learned. Again, just I like that theme of like sports meets education. And then my sister and I do want to do more children's books, books in the future. Just a matter of like finding the time to sit down and work on it. <laughs> so. All right. Now, in what ways do you plan to integrate education into your career after you finish playing basketball? So... I don't know if I'll ever step away from the sport, to be honest. I, I genuinely love what I do. I love being around the sport. I enjoy like watching it, um, learning the game, and again, that passion for kids. So I, when I think of life after basketball, I think I'm still gonna stay in the sport in some capacity, like maybe teach this game, hopefully, to young kids um, and teach through sport. So that's the vision that I have in my head. I'd love to put on camps for kids, workshops, um, where they're learning life skills through sport. Um, so hopefully I can turn that into a reality when I'm done playing, which hopefully won't be for several more years, God willing. Um, but that's the vision I have when I think of like after basketball and like how, how can I co combine the two. And I, I keep debating if I want to go back into the classroom or not. Part of me does, but I feel like you can make the classroom anywhere, right? Like it doesn't have to be like in a school per se or in a school classroom. You can, the life... I feel like, like you could learn through life in general. So I feel like you can find a classroom anywhere. So that's what I keep telling myself, at least. Absolutely. Well, I, I just can recall when I was a teacher, um, every year I made my classroom like a, a basketball arena. I tried to. <laughs> I put little basketball rims in the class, and I gave the kids a chance to challenge me at the end. And, uh, <laughs> and I love that. And then one one year, uh, NBA math hoops came into my life, and I was like, "Uh oh, this year I don't have to create. <laughs> this is this is already." So it was just uh, super special to to slide NBA math hoops in because you know the NBA and 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 education was already you know my passion. So it was it was a win win for me, <laughs> and and then the kids jumped on board. So I feel like that creates like personal relationships as well too. Like you learn so much from people just by taking the time to like do something outside of like the material they're supposed to teach them. Like when you're doing something that they enjoy, whether it's sports, you can learn so much about that person and like, like about their family or like why they think the way they think or it allows them the opportunity to like open up more. So I, I love that. That's, that's awesome that you did that. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll pass it back on over to Nick. Yeah. So along the lines of that, and then the point, the last point that you made Kayla about being able to learn anywhere, I'm curious about your experience playing uh, overseas in a number of different leagues and how that experience of not only being an athlete, but also traveling and just having to live amongst different cultures has helped to shape your own learning and your own worldview. Oh, yes. Um, so one thing I learned is that there's a big, beautiful world out there. Like, I always try to encourage people, if you ever get the chance to travel, I know like money is hard sometimes and that, that could be like a barrier, but if you can find a way to travel, get out, even if you go outside of like your city or like your state or province, depending on if you're in Canada or the US, um, do it because 
you'll, there's so much life out there outside of like what you're used to. Um, so I had the pleasure of playing in Russia for four years. I was actually there and then the war broke out. So I had to leave. That's how I ended up in France. Um, Poland, Belgium, South Korea, Australia. Um, yeah, all over the place. And one, so you learn how to adapt because especially when there's like the language barrier and you don't always speak that language. So I tried to like pick up keywords that I could use to somewhat form some kind of connection with people when I'm out about in the world. Um, you, you get creative or you get thankful for technology, like using Google Translate on my phone. Best invention ever, I'm so thankful for that. Um, you also learn about different people and different cultures and how they live. Um, you can learn new ways and new things about other people. And I think it just opens you up. It makes you, one, more appreciative. It made me so much more appreciative of where I came from back home, um, the, way, the way we live, the access to things that we have access to. It also made me realize, like, oh, okay, maybe we need to change some areas as well because they do things better in other countries. Um, so it just opened up my entire mind to um, how many different ways there are to live, different people, cultures. Um, and that, honestly, it's a big, beautiful world out there. Like, I, I really do enjoy traveling. I have like, the travel bug now, thanks to basketball. That's awesome. <laughs> are there, I, I, I am a fellow uh, traveler. I, I love the experience of immersing myself in different cultures. And are there any places that are on your bucket list now that you haven't been to that you're just dying to go to? Yes. Um, so one would be New Zealand. I, when I was playing in Australia, I wanted to go so bad after the season ended, but then I had something I had to take care of back home, so I didn't have the time. So New Zealand's definitely at the top of that list. Um, I would love to also go to Iceland. Uh, I feel like that would be an incredible place to go experience. Um, Monaco, only because I'd like to experience what it's like. I know it's like, <laughs> people say it's like very high end or whatever, yeah. but it's a small country that I've heard a lot about, so I'd love to go uh, check it out. Um, and then another one, so when I was playing in Belgium, that was the year of COVID, and before I signed there, COVID didn't exist, so I was all excited, I was like, okay, Belgium's so close to France, Germany, um, Luxembourg, and Ger Germany, is that it? Oh, Netherlands. I was like, I'm going to go to hit up all these different countries while I'm playing, and then COVID hit, and I couldn't do any of that. So I'd love to go and also experience like Germany and uh, Netherlands as well, too. But the list can go on and on and on and on. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. And, and do you think that your experience now traveling the world, you've kind of alluded to this in the past, but do you think it'll inform the way that you go about your career after basketball when you start to move into the space of, you know, working in the sport, but also mentoring more and, and coaching or something like that? I think so. I think so. Because you you realize quickly that there's a lot of ways to do something or like there's variety in the way people do things and the way they learn, the way that people teach or communicate. Um, even when um, I was student teaching, I remember that they were teaching about different ways like to make your classroom more adaptable to different learners. Um, and I think that's just so true because you see that even in um, like overseas, for instance, like um, when the when our coaches are teaching something, there's some people who learn best through doing, that's me. Um, there's other people who, if you show them game film, it all automatically makes sense. If you t explain to them, okay, through a visualization, this is what you need to do. Um, some people, you can just talk it out and do it on a white whiteboard. Um, that works for them. So just finding different ways to like teach and learn. I've learned and I've seen that in action just through playing um, overseas as well. So um, I think those are things that I'll take with me for sure when I decide to start teaching or in the future when I do teach and work with kids. That's very cool. So... 
Last thing is, you know, now you're uh, a member of the Learn Fresh family. You're on, on our board and have been doing a great job championing our work. Um, what excites you about our collective work here? Um, what are your kind of aspirations for your engagement in the organization over the next few years and where you hope to see the work go? Okay, so a couple of thoughts came to mind. Uh, the first one was um, learning, because this is like a new experience for me. I've never been on a board before. So um, the other board members have been incredible and so uh, gracious with me, just teaching me, um, answering all my questions when I'm sometimes doubting or like unsure. They're like, Kayla, if you have thoughts, just say it. Like, don't be afraid, use your voice. Have you hear from me? So like, you have insights that you can bring to the table, which I've loved that, so I'm very thankful for that. So a big part for me is just like learning the role and just how I can be more of an asset. And then also, as far as Learn Fresh, I just love the values and everything that you guys represent and what you guys um, are trying to accomplish. And that's a big reason. I think our values line up with um, just what we believe in. And that's what drew me to uh, Learn Fresh in the first place. And um, when I got the opportunity, that I couldn't say no. And so I'm excited to see Learn Fresh continue to grow, the impact Learn Fresh will continue to have. Um, as you guys continue to expand too, not just in the USA, but to grow uh, globally, worldwide, I'm trying to work on getting it in Canada too, <laughs> um, getting it more popular here as well. Um, but I'm just excited about what the future holds for Lenfresh because um, Lenfresh is doing incredible things. And what you guys have been com coming through the pipeline as well too is exciting. So like a lot of people just know about, I think Matthew is like the most popular and they don't realize, or at least I didn't know when I first learned about Lenfresh, all the other things that you guys are working on behind the scenes as well too that you have to know. So stay tuned everybody, but it's exciting. The Learn Fresh podcast is produced by Nick Monzi, Sumner Becker, and myself, Calvin Seibert, with additional production assistance from Caitlin Patterson. Sumner Becker wrote our theme music, and Max Jaffe does our editing. The Learn Fresh podcast is part of the Side Audio Network, an audio community founded by Jeremiah Ote and Naranjan Kumar. The Side Audio Network hosts podcasts that aim to transfer trust between people and communities through storytelling and conversation.